I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store. Capital has never really been about fashion. It's always been about people. What We Wore was created to share the meaningful journeys that inspire me. From the designers and friends I meet on the road to the men and women with whom I work each day. Everybody wants to know her We love emerging brands, and it's been a pleasure to help the talented women of Cara Cara launch their brand this spring at Pool Shop. The three co-founders, Sasha, Katie, and Julia, have created a brand centered around joy and friendship, and we think it's destined for success. Ladies of Cara Cara, we're so happy to have you in Charlotte and so excited for you to launch your new collection here with us last night. Thank you for having us. <laughs> no, it, we were so beyond thrilled to be here last night. And, um, you know, this is our launch collection. We uh, recently shipped it to stores nationwide. But when we were selling in market in the fall, when Pool Shop came by and mm. looked at the collection, um, you know, it was so thrilling to find out that you guys picked us up. It was one of our, it was, we had a few stores mm. that we thought if they picked up the collection, it would be, it would mean that we were doing what we set out to do as yeah. a brand. And so when you guys saw the collection and loved it and picked it up for Pool Shop, that kind of to us meant that we were doing something right and we were speaking to the clientele that we, you know, had imagined we'd be designing for. And then getting to do an event last night with some of the most lovely <laughs> women that we have spoken to and to connect with them in your beautiful space was unbelievable. Aww. I mean, I I feel like we're like, okay, we're done. We're, we're good. <laughs> we've we've achieved it all. So, uh, well, no, but thank you. It's a you. perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. Tell me a little about you all. Do you want to start, yeah, Katie? Tell um, me where you're from and who was your style icon as a child? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm from Atlanta. So being down in Charlotte has been amazing. I went to the University of Georgia. And so I actually saw a lot of friends and familiar faces last night at the event. I moved to New York after college and have been working in fashion on the media and content side, I worked at Elle and Harper's Bazaar. I've been on the brand side at Carolina Herrera, and I even had my own e-commerce site for a while. Um, and I was uh, going to leave the business kind of all together <laughs> last spring to just focus on raising my kids and taking a break when Julia and Sasha called me to tell me about the brand they were launching, and I jumped back into fashion. So that's kind of how I fit into the brand, and it's been such a serendipitous journey. And my style icon as a child... Gosh, you know, I was a bit of a tomboy, and Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> I watched her movies with my grandparents. I loved, you know, the high-waisted, big-legged pants and the big curls, and I just loved how she made masculinity feminine, mm -hmm. and I just always thought she was so stunning and beautiful and funny and intelligent, and so she was, you know, someone I looked to as a kid. So, so. we'll expect pants in the next collection? Yeah, we're working. It's a, <laughs> that's a hard thing to do, right? But um, we're going to try. <laughs> And I bought a great pair of pants here yesterday. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Julia, um, you love dresses. I think I you, do, I'm a dress girl. You're a dress I girl. I do love dresses. <laughs> what was your favorite dress as a child? You know, there was one dress. I grew up in Minnesota where people did not care deeply about clothes. <laughs> 
And I cared very deeply about clothes, always. And I had a very chic grandmother who always had fashion magazines lying around. Bazaar was her favorite. Mm. And she was really influential in my love of fashion and clothes. She was also an amazing sewer and taught Mm. me to sew. But she bought me this dress, and I will never forget it because I wanted it so, so badly. It was a velvet dress with crinoline and a little Peter Pan collar. And it was, I remember it like it was yesterday. What color? And I wa- it was navy blue. Oh, pretty. Um, with a white Peter Pan collar and crinoline. I'm, I guess I was probably seven, my son's <laughs> age. Oh, But yeah, that was my first love. And I've had many, many dresses that I can talk about since then <laughs> that I have made, designed, bought. But nothing gives me greater pleasure than a good dress. And a good navy velvet dress. I still love navy <laughs> velvet. Are you kidding? So, so good. Sasha, Next what, year. Sasha, what about you? Tell me where you're from and what's your first fashion memory? I am from Manhattan, from the Upper East Side, born and raised. I'm back there now with my kids. So sort of came full circle, becoming my parents. Um, and <laughs> Don't we all? I know. It's a little <laughs> scary. Scary. We embrace it. We embrace it. And I grew up loving clothes, very much encouraged by my father, who is a clothes horse himself and not just men clothes but is very discerning about women's fashion and was always kind of the driving force behind my mother's closet Mm. and he got me very actively involved in going out and scouting things for her from a very young age and I was mostly in party dresses as a kid spent a lot of time in big puffy frilly collars (laughs) and large sashes and that was getting dressed up was always a big part of hanging out with my dad and going shopping with him for my mom and he used to buy me Brides Magazine, and we would flip through it. We would really? flip through it. Yes, we Brides? would buy me Brides Magazine, and we would flip through and look at all of the dresses, and he, he, we would talk about what would be the choice between this one or this one and the tough choices that you have to make when deciding what piece you're going to invest in. Yeah. So um, that discussion around the value of something and the value of beautiful things and their impact was something that I kind of got from my father. Hmm. So tell me about Car Car. How did this happen? How did you all meet? I guess I guess all I can tell a little bit of the, the beginning of the story. Julia and I met at a party, but we got to know each other better through our sons, who both go to school together oh. um, and are very close. We, as we were getting to know each other, last year was their first year in school together. We got to talking about our careers and clothes and just the things that you talk about when you're getting to know somebody. And it I had been on leave from my job for a couple of years and was And you worked in fashion? My first job ever was in a fashion closet, but that lasted for a month and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And then I made the decision to go into finance as a way to finance my passion for clothes, be able to buy them instead of being involved in making them. I think that's a common story. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's not not the first time somebody made that choice. But I had a discussion with Julia and she'd had something on her mind for a while. It was actually a year ago in a couple of days that our first conversation about Cara Cara took place. And it was in a children's gym called Kids Time in upstate New York. What a nightmare. It was, it's really, it's a magical place because it's padded and large and they give you lollipops at the end. The kids are very very happy but we were watching our kids play and um julia sort of approached me and said listen i'm i've had an idea for a line in my mind for a long time and i need a partner somebody who can help drive the business forward and give it some organizational structure and i know you you know love fashion and seem to share my aesthetic vision and definitely see what it is that i'm interested in trying to do and would you be interested in helping me and i was like 
probing my eyes like excuse, excuse me like yes I would love to live out a dream I'd be interested in exploring that with you yes thank you very much um, I think I was cooler about it I think I was like I mean, I'm just gonna take a week and think about it and then she went on spring break she, she came back and we started booking print appointments and buying prints and wow. just exploring what our first print would be and the story of our name Cara Cara originates with the first print that we ever bought that kind of became the centerpiece of our launch collection, which huh. is our signature orange print. And those oranges have a little pink inside and yeah. that beautiful... They're delicious. They, they look delicious. <laughs> um, as do Caracaras that tend to have a little pink flesh on the inside. So and, that's and, a, that's how it started. And Julia, what's your background? You had been a designer before. Yes, I am an old garmento at this point. <laughs> I've worked in the industry since I was 21, moved wow. to the city. It was, I guess, the late 90s, early what, 2000s. What did you study in school? I went to Hobart William Smith. I was an art history major and a uh, studio art minor, but I always wanted to work in fashion. Always, always, always. I think I did a stint at FIT, and I taught myself how to sketch. I took a sketching class, and I, it was always something I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to kind of break into the industry. And I was working on Martha's Vineyard at a clothing store called The Great Put-On <laughs> in Egertown, which had very cool clothes, and I made no money because I just bought everything. <laughs> Towards the end, when I was like, I really need to get off this island and get a real job, it was after my senior year, two women happened to come in. One worked at Vogue, and one worked at L.A. Tahari, and both of them, it was easy to get a job back then. Both of them said, yeah, come on in for an interview. That would be great. Um, we like your style. And so I called the woman at Vogue, and she said, are you crazy? We're in the middle of fashion week. <laughs> and basically hung up on me. And then I called the woman from Tahari, and she's like, sure, come on in. We have a job for you. No problem. I was like, really? And my mom drove me into the city, and I interviewed with her, and she brought me in and introduced me to Ellie. And they said, sure, start next week. And in what part, what capacity? I did everything. I was Kobe Halperin's assistant who now has his own line and I also a big part of my job was trying on the clothes any designer that wanted to put clothes on me was allowed to you know put them on me see how they fit and that was super valuable yeah to me because I learned how to fit a garment yeah well I noticed that last night at the party that every the dresses looked so pretty on everybody thank you yeah. that means a lot to me but back then Tahari really had a stable of the best of yeah. the best pattern makers and really old school pattern makers that would truly drape on a body. Mm -hmm. So I learned a ton from them, and to have it done on yourself uh, was super valuable. Yeah. And I learned a lot from those designers because they, not only did they have great pattern makers, they had amazing designers that had come from Carolina Herrera and Oscar de la Renta. They really pulled from the designer market for their design team. Yeah. Um, and we had really nice budgets back then with Swarovski <laughs> crystals everywhere. I mean, it was just, I was bedazzling things left and right. It was a lot of fun. Huh. And um, how long were you there? A couple of years. It was, it was a tough place to work. It was a lot of work. I learned a lot. So anyway, that was my first foray into fashion. And then I've worked all over in the industry. And all, always on the design side? Yep. Always on the design side. And then I kind of just moved up and eventually landed at G3 Apparel Group, which is a huge company where I was creative director for several different brands. So, yeah, this was a, it was a real adventure for me to do my own thing. <laughs> and then Katie came into the mix. 
Yeah. Tell me about Katie. <laughs> Enter Katie. Enter Katie. <laughs> so they had a, Julia and Sasha had a, and I hadn't met Julia. I mean, I hadn't met Sasha, but Julia and I were Tribeca mom friends before she left me for the Upper East Side. So I'd kind of written her <laughs> off um, as someone I'd never see again. I, I mentioned briefly, I kind of had more of a digital fashion career. I started at L in the early aughts during like the Project Runway days. I was the American fashion director there on the marketing side. And when the economy crashed in 2008, my husband got a job in Atlanta. We kind of, I left kicking and screaming, but his intention was always for us to go back down to the South and start a family. And I was so bored there. He was like, we'll start a business. And so I'm like, well, I want to, I want to start a boutique. And he's like, well, do it online because that was when online was kind of new. I mean, there yeah. was Net and Shopbop and mm-hmm. Neiman's.com, but there weren't a lot of online boutiques. So I launched a store called Les Nouvelles and I had it for six years with um, a friend who I worked at L with who also happened to have moved down to Atlanta. And that was an amazing experience. We grew it from 25 designers to 75 designers and we did everything from the buying to the merchandising. We had a photo shoot. I learned how to shoot models and <laughs> Photoshop and do email blasts. We were one of the first sites to work with reward style back when influencers were new and you could pay them in clothes instead of $10,000 to wear Mm -hmm. your dress. And so it was an amazing experience. I I closed it ultimately in 2015. We had since moved back to the city. We were really bored in Atlanta and my husband got a great job offer in New York. And so we went back with two kids and a dog to, Mm -hmm. to Tribeca, which was a really fun decision, although scary at the time. I used the experience that I had at Les Nouvelles to launch a lot of other websites. I launched the Webster. I relaunched Shop Bazaar with my old boss, who was the president of Bazaar. She used to be the publisher of Elle. And then I jumped over to the brand side at Carolina Herrera. And I kind of was so tired at that point. I'd had twins. And, you know, last year, I was just reaching a point where I'm like, I need to take a step back. Like, what am I doing? Is this meaningful to me anymore? The digital landscape is evolving so quickly. And it was so hard to keep up with what was happening in the market. And no one wanted to make the investment they needed to get the return that they desired. And anyway, I kind of just had it and in May, um, put in my notice. And then Julia called me and Julia and I were mom friends in uh, downtown. And we would have these fun dinners and, you know, we, I think we'd go work out and then get drinks, like totally <laughs> negate any calories we burned. It's a great strategy. But we always talked about maybe doing like a caftan line or, you know, we both are like love like color and prints. And, you know, I mean, we both would like wear caftans with like heels to dinner. And, and so literally the week I gave my notice, she was like, hey, want to get drinks with me? I'll come down to Tribeca. And I'm like, you will? Okay. And so we got martinis at Eve's and she told me about this line she was starting and she's like, I want you to meet my partner. I want you to, you know, see what you think. And it kind of, they had the operations and business side, they had the design side. And, you know, that third spoke of the wheel was kind of my wheelhouse. And so it, it was very serendipitous to then a few weeks later meet Sasha on the Upper East Side and we had this great lunch and we just clicked and it was so fun and exciting and I was like immediately like what can I do how can I how can I be involved 
what I want in. Um, and that was it. And that was like, it's crazy. It was less than a year ago. And here we are sitting with you having just shipped like our first collection to our dream store. And so it is really cool. Moda Operandi picked it up first. Was yes. that the moment where you felt like this is actually a thing? This can yes. work? We really wanted to get, uh, I mean, I think Moda does such a great job at scouting out new brands and they take chances just like you guys do and so they picked it up for the trunk show and you know that was like okay this might you know this might become something and we got a lot of uh, sacks picked us up and a lot of great specialty stores around the country and um, you know we but we want to keep it small we don't want to oversaturate we want to grow with key stores like like pool shop where we can like where we can do what we did last night, like Meet get to know the customer, yeah. engage with them, hear what they like, see the clothes on them. We, we're in it for the long run. And, you know, we just want to create joyful, happy clothes that withstand the test of time and can kind of like endure in a woman's closet. And I think to do that, you have to, while yes, we need to make money to continue to do that, <laughs> you know, you don't want to do it too quickly and cave into what the bigger guys need just to move product on their floor. And so yeah. it's like a delicate balance. Three co-founders is not common. But I imagine it's been encouraging rather than challenging. How do you divide and conquer? And do you make all the big decisions together? I mean, how, how does it work? We do make all the big decisions together. I yeah. mean, I think the way that we talk about it internally is about having our own lanes. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossover in those lanes. But um, Is that th- written out? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's delineated to a certain degree, but in practice... It really means that we speak on the phone every day starting in the morning and we go over our list of things that are outstanding and everybody sort of has their lane that they lead in. But because the company has had such an incredibly quick scaling period, (laughs) all of the decisions have been pretty major. What's been the biggest challenge so far? The unknown. <laughs> shipping, I mean, yeah. shipping. Shipping. Shipping being maybe shipping the, the unknown logistics um, challenge uh, that we were looking at in November. We knew... Where is everything produced? Everything is produced uh, in the USA and in India. Uh-huh. And so we have different shipments coming from different places, but they all had to meet in... Fabrics are made in India and produced in the pieces are constructed here they're they're sewn in india oh. and and in the, in the usa and okay. then we also have our swimwear is made right. in the usa as well we, but it all has to meet in one place right. so that we can cross-pollinate the right. different the different <laughs> items and then repackage them to be sent out to our partners yeah and there was a discussion at one point about doing that ourselves which might have been possible had the initial orders not been at the scale that they were. Yeah. But with that success came the challenge of taking on a logistics partner and uh, reading some quite extensive vendor manuals yeah. and knowing what the requirements were going to be for actually getting the product accepted by stores. Right. And I think that was a, a big learning curve. We have just finished shipping. We got a lot of help from our production partners and, you know, partially just because we asked so many questions. Yeah. Um, and what you don't know, you have to learn. So yeah. you have to be willing to put yourself out there and maybe feel unprepared and get prepared by asking the questions yeah. that you need to ask. A conversation we've been having a lot recently is about meaningful work, which seems to be especially important, I think, for women right now. What's the most meaningful thing about this new business for y'all? Seeing the clothes on our friends and seeing their reaction and how they feel in those clothes and having had that vision, and I think, Julie, you could speak to this more, but having a vision of creating clothes that make <clears throat> women of, in a range of body sizes feel beautiful and 
emote happiness yeah. and seeing that actualized in people that you know and care about was a very meaningful moment for me in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a design perspective, mm-hmm. I think that's something that you've done in your yeah. career a lot. Yeah. But That's so funny that you mentioned meaningful work because I think that was a, a common denominator for the three of us when we started this is that we wanted it to be meaningful. Yeah. I think we've all had careers. We've paid our dues in the industry and especially for me, I'm 43. I've worked in this industry for a long time. It's a tough industry. I was like, I don't want to continue or do this anymore unless this is meaningful and has some joy to it. Yeah. I just want to make what brings me joy. I want to make I want to hang out with some fun ladies. And you can deal with a lot if you can have a laugh at the end of the day. <laughs> I just want to make some pretty dresses. <laughs> That's it. It's very simple. And have gorgeous ladies and my friends want to wear them here here and I don't <laughs> need to be the next anything or you know I don't think any of us are like we want to be the next theory or I don't know some big company I think we just want to do what, what brings us joy and bring follow joy our, to other people yes and follow that kind of truth I mean as a designer it's like I just want to make some pretty prints <laughs> on some nice cotton dresses that are breathable and beautiful and have that kind of vision of vacation. Um, And I think we've kind of accomplished that. Is there anything that you wish you'd known before starting this business? I think one thing that I wish that I had known is that you don't have to be as afraid as you probably are, that you can do it. And if you are willing to put in the hours and you're willing to compromise and willing to communicate and you can just take the leap and trust that your hard work and like a commitment to following through on whatever you're looking at is 80% of the game of any game. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't start doing what they want to do because there's a lot of fear involved. You know, when I started down this journey with Julia, I had a lot of confidence in her experience and Katie's experience. They've been in the fashion world for 20 years. And for my part, the times when I was most hesitant about moving forward or there were moments where I felt a little bit like stunted or, Mm -hmm. you know, moments where I had trouble seeing the next step that I needed to take were moments that were just moments of fear where I didn't really understand whether or not I was going to be able to do it and just getting past that and keeping moving forward and the confidence just to do that and that if you do that, you will get to the next step, whatever that next step yeah. is, is something that I wish that I had ha- like talked myself through right from the beginning because yeah. once you start doing that more, things really start to click into place. Katie, what about you? From a business perspective, I was always on more of the post-production side of fashion. So creating the content, running the digital team, you know, working on the edit teams. And what I didn't appreciate Because I think when you're in fashion for as long as I've been in, you think you know a lot about clothes. And Mm -hmm. I do. I love to shop and I love – I think I have an okay personal style and I love reading about fashion and knowing, you know, where things come from and how they're made. But, uh, you know, to Julia's credit, like seeing the design process and – seeing her fit a garment is something that I kind of took for granted. Like I didn't realize how hard it was to really get something to look good on women, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I, I took that a little bit for granted because I was so much in the post world of having, you know, it was already made. (laughs) Yeah. What I did was take the collection and market it and shoot it and sell it. I love, I have such an appreciation and like it, 
none of us could have done this without each other. But that part was just, it's so inspiring to see Mm. how talented she is. What about you, Julia? I've been doing this a long time, but in my previous roles, it's all about creating the most beautiful products you can create and you're sort of limited to that role. Mm -hmm. And of course you cross over with production and logistics a little bit, but you were basically, all I did was design and oversee designers and creative process. Boy, has this been a learning curve (laughs) for the other side. I'm like, I kind of remember this for issues from the production team and them talking (laughs) about this stuff, but I don't, I don't really know how to do this. So there was this sort of great unknown. I'm like, I'm a designer. I sketch. I guess I didn't realize how important the logistics were going to be to this process. But we are figuring it out. Thank God for Sasha. Honestly, thank <laughs> God. When you said it's unusual to have three founders, I don't know how people could do it with any less founders, yeah. honestly. Right. Because we're getting through it. We're getting through it together. We are. Sasha, <laughs> what is what does success look like for Kara Kara in their first year? I, I have to say, even though, Aww. you know, I do handle a lot of the operation side of things and I've done a lot of contract negotiations last year and I can be a total bulldog, I'm also the crier of the group and <laughs> I like big time. And this is it. Oh. Like this is it. Oh, it's so exciting. This is it. Um we I mean, having gotten through shipping the first collection. We talked about something that we wanted to do. We started the process of putting it together. We found the missing link to help us get it to the market in the right way in KD. And in our showroom and our production partners, all of whom are just the most professional people I have worked with. And I have worked with some really, really talented people in my life. But everyone really showed up for this project and it came together as Katie said in a very serendipitous way but we had to once the collection was sold actually make it actually (laughs) deliver it repackage it and get it to the partners and so that has happened as of this week like you're you really should have a party every time you do that I know we should have our our, like wedding (laughs) celebration but you know for the first year and the first year anniversary of our conversation at the wonderful kids time in Millerton, New York, is coming up. It looks like having completed a what full you, cycle of, of what, what we set, set out to do. to do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's it for me. And now, already wheels are turning on the next thing. And <laughs> I, I love the idea of being small and considerate. But I think once you've gotten a taste of success, yeah. the wheels start to turn on what the next iteration of that success is and how it evolves to grow in not only the scope of what we offer, but the scope of the community that enjoys it. I want to hear what you all wore to the prom. <sighs> I have the saddest you want to start, story. Sasha, oh no. Should I have we start the saddest with a sad story. story? Okay. I didn't ever get to go to the prom. Seriously? Why? You went to a girl's school. I went to an <laughs> English school. I went to a British school. We didn't have a prom. <laughs> Did you have like a special dance? No. Or? Well, we had disco parties. Oh my those God, were, that's I, awesome. Those were great. And I went to those. And what'd you um, wear? what was your favorite? Uh, I would wear what was typical of that time so there was a fair amount of lycra involved <laughs> maybe some glow sticks and definitely some frosty blue eyeshadow nice that I would like have it. been my my <laughs> closest equivalent so all right julia my prom dress i had a few but my favorite prom dress i could honestly put on if i were going to an event this week i could put it on and wear it and it would be <laughs> The chicest thing well, you're ever. You're the fit model, so obviously. Well, that was a while ago. <laughs> my prom dress, I sewed with my mother. 
and she would love to tell you about it because I was in tears. It was a modeled after Carolyn Bassett Kennedy's wedding gown. Nice, Narcissa. Which was designed by Narcissa Rodriguez, who can do no wrong in my eyes. I absolutely adore his designs, and I wanted an exact replica. Wow. So it was three layers of bias-cut white wow. silk Georgette. That's amazing. So all of the side seams have to exactly yeah. align. And then it had spaghetti straps. Wow. So we sewed that dress together. Wait, wait. You didn't have a pattern. You made the pattern? We made the pattern. Good Lord. Yep. And it was beautiful. I have to say, uh, my mother's an... I do. My mother is an excellent seamstress, and she wow. really came through for me on that one because it was a lot. But it was so chic. That's and amazing. And I'm, I'm telling you, I went to, my boyfriend at the time went to this Catholic school. They did not know <laughs> what it hit them. These girls were in like puffball dresses and I walked in in this like bias oh, wow. slip dress. <laughs> but I loved that dress so That's much. fab. Mm -hmm. All right, That's Katie. Good. Atlanta. How do you follow that? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even Atlanta. It was Chattahoochee High School, a <laughs> suburb of Atlanta in Alpharetta, Georgia. All-American high school. I think I had 600 people in my class. It was from the mall. Jessica McClintock. Nice. I, I had never heard of Carolyn Bassett Kennedy. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was, I actually, it was beautiful. Color? It was white. Look at um, you girls. It was white. white. Yeah, we were like, look at the minimalists here <laughs> with a line of floral dresses. Um, I like it all. White v-neck it had little diamond studs with a low back it, it was like the it was a pattern white there were like little geometric boxes of like silk and satin um kind of alternating and i remember at the mall they took down my name in my high school so that nobody okay. so that nice. no one would wear the dress and you know i think i had my, service so well, well wait wait on that um <laughs> it had a slit up the side and I probably wore like diable shoes. Um, I don't yeah. remember what, what was the brand back like Via Spiga. Okay, Via Spiga. <laughs> Died to match. Shoes okay. that I probably got at DSW Warehouse. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember I wore my hair in a horrendous updo. Like, why? Why did we wear updos? <laughs> like, I do not do well in an updo, and it was like a puff. And probably like a really bad, like, you know, wine Merlot colored lipstick. Um, but we get to the prom. I was on prom court. My boyfriend didn't want to go into prom, but I was like, well, I'm on prom court, babe. So I need to like go. Can you? He's like, well, I just want to go to the after party. So just go, go in, do the prom court thing. So I go in because, you know, I mean, of course I wanted to be prom queen and I get escorted down because like there's prom, you like get partnered with the prom king nominees and lo and behold, someone has my dress on. No. Yeah. Tori. What? Tori, Tori, Tori has my dress Are on. Are you serious? And Tori made varsity <laughs> competition cheerleading and I didn't because I didn't have my back top. So I was already <laughs> pissed about that. And Tori has my dress what? on. And Tori wins prom queen. No! Katie! Thank you for bringing up this Katie. Oh, my God. Hardest this moment really... in my life. Oh, my God. And my boyfriend was in the limo. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was like, I didn't think you'd win. And I was like, oh, my word. Well, yeah. This is the most exciting prom, prom <laughs> outro. Oh <my> We've... <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're all designing your own dresses now. <laughs> Katie, Julia, and Sasha, thank you so much for thank being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is amazing. <laughs>
What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.